Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, always available on the go on the free Odyssey app. Download it today and just search 910 The Fan to hear me Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. And so I'm sitting here during the break and I'm thinking that was a lot of good information from Dave Johnson. And how will this potential monumental move for the Wizards and Capitals out of the district, into Alexandria, affect tourism in the nation's capital. I'm thinking, who should I contact about this? And uh, luckily enough, my father is an established D.C. tour guide, probably going on like 15 years now uh, of leaving, leading tours around the nation's capital all the way up and down the East Coast. And so joining us right now on the Hadid, her, Hadid Mercer Rug Clean Hotline is my dad, Mike Epstein. What's going on, Dad? Um, <clears throat> good afternoon. I'm a uh, little shocked at the whole thing. Yeah, give me give me your initial reaction. Uh, disappointed. Yeah, because when I go to D.C. and I drop a lot of clients off on Seventh Street, there are some great restaurants all around there. But I know when I go to concerts and I go to Wizards game or occasional Capitals. Um, you know, it's it's just not the same. And since the pandemic, there are just a lot of street people and there's more crime. And I hate that. Uh, I'm really hoping things are going to get better. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the pandemic is kind of an excuse because Ted Leonsis was also quoted saying it was in 2019 that he started to grow frustrated with the area around the arena. Well, it, it has been. It's funny. Uh, parts of that area are really built up they just had a big christmas market that's still going on right next to it but um yeah I, you know this there's d- different uh the carjackings and stuff are real things yeah and and, and they yeah it's it's you know they just arrested 12 kids i think and i'm just hoping that people will get the the point that Stop doing this crazy stuff. Yeah, and look, you've been in this area now for 40 years at least, and um, I'm sure that you feel the same way about this that I do, that the city sports should be played in the city. Yeah, I I really do. Uh, I mean, I grew up going to Madison Square Garden, and I know that they've uh, built up a lot around that that area. So uh, it's it's a shame. I, I just really hope that... Um, with the Mystics, I don't know, maybe they can add 100 concerts or this and that. But I would like them to um, to put the $500 million into a better arena and fix up the whole thing. But uh, I'll tell you, when you talked about the traffic, um, that route along Route 1, where they're talking Potomac Yards, about two and a half, three miles from D.C., it's going to be packed. Yeah. So it's going to really affect a lot of things. Uh, for me to go to D.C. now, I can get there in 10, 15 minutes. But if there's now going to be Wizards games and Capitals games, you know, it's going to it's going to be 45 minutes because there's going to be 20,000 people, you know, coming off the, the metros or driving and underground parking and everything else. It's I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, it's going to be a hassle. Like, and you currently live in Old Town, Alexandria. So paint a picture for us of what Potomac Yards is like currently, and do you see the potential there? Well, what they've been doing is um, Potomac Yards was getting a little run down, 
and a lot of the businesses were, um, went bankrupt. But now they're putting in new condos all around. And if you go down uh, Route 1 to Old Town, which is four and a half, five miles from D.C., uh, you see 50 to 100 new condos and apartment buildings. So it's going to be more and more crowded. And they have the new metro stop right there. So that just opened, what, six months ago. So it's going to be crazy. I don't I don't think it's uh, going to be all uh, win, win, win. Right. It's I mean, can you see any positives of, you know, picturing in your mind? It's 2030. You're going to a Wizards game with me, you know, five minutes from your house. And there's a lot to do before and after the game. Or is that, you know, not a real reality? Well, what's great is I'm two blocks away from the Metro, get on the Metro, and in eight minutes, we're at the arena. We come up and walk a block or two, and there'll be new restaurants. I mean, look what they did to um, Nationals Park. You saw that for four, five, six years. Oh, yeah, but it's also still a very dangerous area. It is crazy. Right around, right, you know, yes, crime is, is a real problem right now, all over the United States. I was in Seattle, I, you know, hearing friends who were in Portland. Um, I've had families from San Francisco that don't want to go out on the streets anymore. Yeah. It is a problem in the United States right now. We've got to, you know, fix a lot of things. Yeah, and that's why and, I kind of understand what Ted, where Ted, Lose, Ted Leonsis is coming from is he doesn't owe the district anything. And he asked for $600 million and they offered $500 million. And And Grant Polson pulled up uh, an interesting stat yesterday on his show that apparently for years the city would offer 27 police officers to surround uh, Capital One Arena for Wizards and Capitals games. And over the last few years, it's been down to just three police officers. So if they're not going to keep the, the <laughs> civilians safe, why would we go to games there? It makes sense why he's moving away. No, that that is I've, – I've never – heard that statistic um you know i since i go to all the memorials um two three five days a week uh you don't see national park police around much you know you don't see there was a time that you saw a lot more guards i think in in this type of world that we're living in now i'd rather see more park police and city police walking around it makes me feel better yeah. So, do you think and, Mariel Mariel Bowser dropped the ball? Uh, you know, <laughs> I thought for a while that things were getting better, and now um, I think they really need to uh, change the tune a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Well, I hope this doesn't affect your tour guiding. <laughs> well, what it's going to do is it's just going to be a lot more traffic and a lot more congestion, and uh, well, it it's also going to be three or four years. So. Yeah. Time to time to uh, think about it. Yeah, well let's <laughs> change, let's all go watch roots. Jordan Poole brick three point shots in Alexandria. That just sounds like a great night out. Take my money, Ted. Well the the thing is we, we obviously need to, to make some additions. Right. And it's the same thing with the nationals. Uh, the capitals are, are off to a really good start, but um, you know, it's embarrassing living right outside of the district, how bad uh, you know our commanders are just horrifying and you know it's it's rough i mean i'm i'm embarrassed by all my friends from other states saying look at our teams look at our teams right. and it's it's not a good uh, it's not a good scene right now for our uh, for our uh, different sports so yep. well thanks I'm, for I'm checking in for i appreciate it oh sure you're listening to a wad radio here what's that yeah. 
I said, yeah, I woke up and uh, lost my voice slightly. No, you so, sound good. about that. You sound good. I'm the <laughs> one. I sound like I'm, I'm nasally. I, I sound like a child. Believe me. All right. Um, I'm Adam Epstein. Yeah. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. We've got a lot to get to on the show today. Zach Joaquin will be joining us in the 2 p.m. hour as there is some breaking news. VCU basketball senior guard Joe Bamisil was set to testify as a representative for the seven state AGs but after prepping and being called on, lawyers and the judge informed him that they didn't need any further witnesses. And so Zach is going to join us in the 2 p.m. hour and break that down further and how that will affect VCU basketball and the senior guard, Joe Bamisil. But joining us right now, let's give a very well, warm welcome and applause to Amy, who is our wonderful sales representative here. And uh, you have come to collect your prize. I have come to collect. Now, of course, we've been talking about it all season long. Christopher, you participated in it, the Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. And let me hear that Survivor sound effect here because I've been having a lot of fun with this pool. I am a diehard Survivor fan. I want to be Jeff Probst after he goes on and retires. I want to host the show. And so we've been doing our own Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool. Each week, you have to pick a team. Once you use that team, you cannot use them again. If your team loses, you are eliminated. And unfortunately, I only lasted seven weeks and it wasn't very fun after I was eliminated. Amy, you advanced all the way to the finals. All the way. Now, I will say before we talk about your your victory here, Mm -hmm. there have been formal complaints filed from folks here at the office because they believe that you are not selecting the teams yourself. Do you, well, do you care to comment? I, I will comment because I have a confession to make. Okay. That every single week, my husband made the pick for me. So it was a team effort in our household. Stop. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> what what percentage of the profits will he be receiving? Yeah, yeah that's a good point. <laughs> you know, it, it's all ours. It goes to the household. Of course, he's thinking this will help pay for some Christmas gifts. So, right. You know. You know. I I personally don't have an issue with it, right? Yeah. Like I, I told the, the women of the office, hey, take Thursday night, go home, talk to your families, talk to your son and daughter about what team you'd like to select. But because we have a formal complaint that was filed, before I can hand you the winning <laughs> the winning money, I do think that you might need to participate in another competition. Oh yeah. To prove your football knowledge, okay? Could you could you tell us who the quarterback of the Washington Commanders is? I cannot tell you who the quarterback <laughs> can you, is. Can you give us a try? Yeah. Um, Jim. His he, name is Jim. His name is Slinging Blank Howl. Slinging. I really is, hope my husband or any of my friends and family are not listening to this right now. I, I got I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> can you tell me one Redskins legend? Right? There's a wall of legends behind you right there of the greatest Redskins. No, don't cheat. Amy, don't cheat. <laughs> I'm Sam. cheating again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Right. Uh, somebody with the last name Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Taylor. Oh, my. All right. How about this? All right. We, we'll, we'll put trivia aside. What if we made you do some kind of football physical task? You know, jumping through hoops, catching footballs to receive the money. 
I can try. I'm yeah. good at the underhand. I oh, can't, oh, you, you know, are? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Yeah. All right. So, all right. all right, we'll put together a task here, uh-huh. all right, because uh-huh. I don't think it's fair to just hand you hundreds of dollars for the work that your husband did. Well, how about this? Yeah. How about the fact that the second place person in this pool knows everything about football and the NFL, and I have decided to share some of my proceeds with her. Oh, really? Ooh. Yes, I have. Will you be tipping your dealer? Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, Stubb works really hard on the ones and twos. <laughs> All right, so we'll decide that on, on a later date, but uh, we did want to do an impromptu dude food right here on 910 The Fan because today is our Odyssey holiday party. Thanks to the big boss, BZ, putting this together, and uh, we've had a lot of really good things. And so, All right, let me just tell, tell you this, Amy. These meatballs are amazing. The meatballs might be the best thing that I, I've ever I had. I agree. Yes, they are. Do you are, know who made the meatballs? Uh, Carrie Todd. Oh, really? Senior Vice President of Sales here. She made those. She makes them every year. I They're could, her go-to. I could bathe in this sauce. Oh. I mean, this sauce is amazing. So, meatballls, 10 out of 10 for me. Stubb, what are you giving it? That's a 10 out of 10 okay. meatball. That's 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 a top tier meat. And I, I need to shout out JC on the mic for delivering food to us, yep. of course, while we do our show. The macaroni. Amazing. <sighs> Got a little bit of uh, breadcrumbs in here. Mm-hmm, Very mm-hmm. juicy. Yeah, that's that's a good, kind of goes a long way, feeds the masses, a good starch for a, a potluck type uh, meal. So th- and they did a good job. I'm not sure who made that, though. What did you make today? I brought two items. Okay. Ooh. I did extra credit. The, yeah, I did the broccoli casserole. I don't know if you, I don't see any of that on your plate. No, that's okay. I stayed away from the veggies. But that's all right. What um, is, how do you make a broccoli cra- casserole? Is that a lot of mayonnaise? No, it's a lot of cream of something. In this okay. case, it was cream of celery. Oh, it's a dump and turn on the crock pot. That was it. Um, and do then you, I do you like broccoli casserole? Do you kind of just make it? No, I do. Okay. But I, I think we needed some more green down there. Everything yeah. was like meat products, so we <laughs> it was brought... it was very meat, meat heavy. Yeah, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sausage party. Right? Yeah. Um, and then I did the caprese salad wreath. It was shaped as a wreath. There's a tree in the middle. I don't know whether you recognize that, but it was um, it was a labor of love to put that together. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. the pictures looked great. Um, this cheese bread is also amazing. Do you I know? did not try that. Yeah. Oh, you really? I no, did not. It looks it's like good. extra cheesy. And then what what else do we have here, Stubb? You went down and took a picture of everything. I, did. I actually thought that cheese bread was mashed potatoes, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I was not sure based on the consistency. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of dips. A lot of chips and dips to go yeah. with things. Quality dips are just kind of... Yeah, I think so. I think they're... I, I grabbed maybe a tzatziki uh-huh. with some bread. I'm not sure. I haven't tried it yet. They look like some uh, maybe buff chick dip. I don't know. Okay. Amy, what did an you orange. like? Um, I liked the uh, potato casserole. It's like a hash brown potato I'm just, casserole. I'm just—I'm kind of out on casserole. I don't uh, know. It's I not my thing. Oh, and the, um, you have them on your plate. You haven't eaten them yet, but the brie bites were fantastic. Like a little crescent oh, this roll little thing with here? the brie. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, good. I do like a little crescent roll. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what you got. That's good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was only one soda that I saw, and no punch, which I thought there was, oh, a, really? there was a, a lacking yeah, in liquor. Lacking beverages, yeah. yes. Yeah, where's the liquor at, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, That's for later. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I appreciate you stopping mm-hmm. by, um, and thanks to everyone for putting together this holiday party. It was a ton of fun. How about that meeting? I mean, wasn't that exhilarating? I was just feeling inspired. Yeah. I do. I mm-hmm. learned so much. Mm-hmm. I learned right. so much. It was incredible. Well, Amy, thanks for stopping by. Thanks. Uh, you won the big bucks here, but we're not going to give you the money until you mm-hmm. do a little bit mm-hmm. of a, a physical competition here. I think she's earned it. You think she's earned it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We'll, we'll put it out to the listeners. If you think Amy has earned the money because 
Her husband made all the correct choices. We do. For, for 14 straight weeks. We he need did to a get good your job. husband on the show. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Like, yes. we, could, we could get him to sign up for the Circus Survivor Pool next year. Mm-hmm. Winner gets $18 million. Wow. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. Well, maybe we need Put to play the, college. We need to play the lottery then. So yeah, maybe really. we're just feeling lucky. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks so much for stopping by, Amy. Thanks for having me. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Welcome back. A lot going on in the sports world today. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. New episode, new episode, alert, alert. Black and Gold Fan Pod has a new episode that dropped last night. Available on iTunes, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. And the boys are already talking about an emergency pod later today with what's going on in the NCAA and joining us right now to break it all down on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. He's been working his ass off, but nice enough to join the show. From the Richmond Times-Dispatch, it's Zach Joaquin. What's going on, Zach? Adam, what's up, man? I would be very excited for an emergency pod, and I, <laughs> I, I do think that today's developments perhaps warrant one. Yeah, so explain to the audience how you've spent your morning, basically. <laughs> okay, first of all, I am not a lawyer, um, <laughs> and so I've been trying to wrap my head around the legal complexities here. Um but, but Joe Banasiel was going to testify um, as, a, as a witness this morning um, in the case that's been brought by seven state attorney generals uh, against the NCAA over its transfer policy rules. Um, it's in West Virginia. Um, and they called a few witnesses, different athletes across the country in football and basketball, mm-hmm. um, who had been seeking waivers after multiple transfers. And at, I believe this was a little before 1 o'clock. Um, it was Joe's turn. And then lawyers said that they did not need uh, testimony from any further witnesses. And so Joe, after, you know, prepping with with lawyers and uh, preparing to to state his case, which is obviously very emotional for him um, because his his transfer situation concerns his own mental health challenges um, and his dad's health um, and and helping his family out with the business and a lot of personal issues that are obviously difficult to talk about. Um, And Joe got on the call and then was told that they didn't need any further witnesses. Um, and Joe's response, understandably, sounded pretty taken aback um, and, and disappointed, I think. You know, he said that he's tired of, of being a piece of paper and a document um, in this process, and, and he doesn't feel like he's had an opportunity to have his say. Um, and the judge said that uh, you will eventually get that, but it won't be today. Mm. Um, and so that was the end of that, and Joe did not get a chance to testify uh, after preparing to do so with legal counsel. So from a VCU perspective, that was obviously disappointing. Um, but the judge said that they'd have a ruling at, at, at 1.30, so it was about a 40-minute break there. Um, and then we went back to the hearing, and Judge uh, John Preston Bailey issued a temporary restraining order for the next 14 days that grants immediate eligibility to any college athletes seeking a, a multi-time transfer. The next hearing is scheduled for December 27th. Um, and in addition to enjoining the NCAA from enforcing its year of residence rule for multi-time transfers, the judge also did the same for the NCAA rule of restitution, meaning schools can't be punished for playing impacted athletes over the next 14 days. Mm. Um, so even if this was overturned down the road, the NCAA can't turn around and punish those schools. Now, the concern for VCU with Joe is that as it stands, he is eligible, um, as are many athletes across the country. But if he plays these two games over those next 14 days um, and then this gets overturned, 
then he could have burned a year of eligibility. Right. Um, and so I now think- I will I will say sorry to cut you off, but uh, I have seen from multiple sources dialed in that the they would be stunned if the NCAA enforced any punishment for any team playing somebody during this temporary restraining order. Yes, I, I don't believe they can, but I'm not sure him burning a year of eligibility falls under the heading of punishment, mm. right? Because it's not that's that's just the bylaws, and and in college basketball, you step on the court. That's your eligibility. There's not a threshold for the amount of games played, right? And so uh, I think that VCU is um, again, as it stands, Joe is eligible, and, and how to move forward here um, again. And as it stands, Joe is eligible, but there are concerns about if he plays, and then this plays out legally in a certain way down the road. If it's overturned, then has he burned eligibility? Because yes, I've, I've seen that a lot too, and that's certainly the case here. That the NCAA can't retroactively punish anyone but I'm not sure losing eligibility because you played falls under that heading. Zach Joaquin with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, beat reporter for VCU Athletics with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And Zach, I think to completely paint a picture on this whole situation, we do need to rewind and explain to the audience a little bit about Joe Bamis' situation, how it's so personal, and what schools he's transferring from. Yeah, Joe, Joe started at Virginia Tech. Right. Um, and, and he's a local kid to, to, to throw in there for anyone who doesn't know that. He's a Monacan high graduate. He was all Metro um, uh, at Monacan, also spent some time at St. Christopher's before that um, and started at Virginia Tech. Uh, the coach that recruited him at Tech left after a year and then went to George Washington and the same thing happened um, and then ended up at Oklahoma last year and was granted a waiver by the NCAA to play at Oklahoma, which is a, a, a big factor here because a lot of the arguments surrounding Joe, who's now at his fourth school, at VCU is the NCAA granted him the waiver to go to Oklahoma um, based on mental health challenges, largely that, that Joe has encountered in the past. And obviously over the last few years in the wake of the pandemic, the NCAA has been relatively lenient with granting waivers. And they've tried to crack down on that as we've moved further and further away from the COVID impacted seasons. But the, I think the argument for a lot of people surrounding Joe is if you're going to grant him a waiver to play at Oklahoma, for based on mental health challenges, then how does that not apply coming back to VCU where his family lives, where his family runs a business, where Joe is helping his family run that business, where his dad has encountered some, some pretty significant health challenges um, that have involved surgery. Um, And for all of those reasons and Joe wanting to be closer to his family and home, it would seem that you've got more rationale to, to grant a waiver for him coming to VCU than for him going out to Oklahoma to play. And so I think that that's where a lot of the indignation comes from. And it's just the application of the rules when you look at other examples across the NCAA, right? This is not calling, you know, an individual out, but it's tough not to compare Joe's situation to that of Efton Reed, who's at Wake Forest, who, who started at LSU, went to Gonzaga, is now at Wake Forest on his third school, and he's been deemed eligible mm-hmm. for this year. So what is the line that the NCAA is drawing here? And I think that's at the heart of the legal argument. Because all the member schools in the NCAA agreed to the bylaws. It's about the application of the bylaws. So if you're just tuning in right now, VCU's Joe Bamisil is eligible for at least 14 days. And we we believe we'll hear further on December 27th. Yes, we'll hear further on December 27th. And and today, honestly, we're going to see around the country, because VCU is far from the only school right now that's in this situation, right? There's a lot of different programs who've got to decide today really, are we, are we letting our kids play? Um, I believe LSU uh, has a player whose, whose name I just saw, Jalen Cook, 
who's in a similar situation, and they play tonight. Um, there's plenty of programs with players in similar situations to Joe that they've got to decide right now, are we, are we playing our guys while they're eligible? And so this won't just be VCU having to make the decision. It will be a collective decision around the country about how, how to handle the situation and whether to, to put players who might temporarily be eligible but are certainly eligible right now out there um, and how it's going to play out down the road if this is overturned. Zach, doing a great job reporting on this. That's Zach Joachim. Follow him on social media, at Zach Joachim, VCU Athletics beat reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. But other than reporting on this, you know, opinion-wise, given the uncertainty, would it be worth Joe playing in the next few games here because he could still use his COVID year? I'm not sure it would be to burn a year of eligibility. I mean, it, looking at it from a you know, we're, we're very much talking about the trees right now and to, and to zoom out and look at the forest. VCU's non-conference schedule is, you know, the, the, after the Norfolk State loss um, and the loss to Memphis in overtime, they're probably not building an at-large NCAA tournament resume, right, realistically. Um, and so why would you – and the next couple of games, you know, obviously Temple beat VCU last year, but without Joe, you would hope to win those games. And so are, is it really worth the risk, you know, putting Joe out there for these next couple of games that you should win without him and that probably aren't going to have that much bearing on your NCAA tournament resume anyway? I would say no, um, although it, if you have assurance and confidence that he's not going to, you know, burn the year of eligibility and that this isn't going to get overturned and that you see the trend around the country that other programs are playing their guys, I would think that VCU – probably falls in line with that yeah i mean that's kind of my view of this is that it it kind of feels hard for the ncaa to allow student athletes around the country with multiple uh big college basketball reporters at least seven to ten uh universities have players who would be eligible for the next 14 days it it would be hard for the ncaa to kind of allow these players to play and then say oh no 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 you're back to being locked up in a cage once again I've, uh, I've got the list right here. There's, there's quite a few of them. Uh, Primo Spears at Florida State, uh, Southern Miss, Arizona State, West Virginia, uh, Old Miss, Rhode Island, LSU. I, I said Jalen Cook, Mike Saunders at McNeese State. Mm. Uh, so, and Will Wade has two guys, C.J. Felder and Mike Saunders, both at McNeese State. Um, I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's about 12 players here um, who this is immediately impacting. That's, that's from Jeff Goodman. Uh, on Twitter, who those schools are going to have to make decisions now and, and, and this week. And so this will be a collective thing uh, from a lot of different programs about how they approach it. And, and BCU falls in line with all of those that I've mentioned. Yeah, I guess we can open up to the phone lines right now. 833-804-0910. Joe Bamisil is eligible to play for 14 days. If you're a VCU fit in, do you play him? Or do you wait another two weeks for another ruling? You can let me know, 833-804-0910. Zach, great stuff, man. Anything else you wanted to add here? Um, just that uh, Monday night, uh, if you haven't seen the VCU women's basketball team play this year, get out to a game. They are 9-1. and one. They're very good. Uh, Mariana Saar uh, is a sophomore who can really shoot it, led them in scoring, and they played the first Division One game at the beautiful new Henrico Sports and Events Center, which I was incredibly impressed by. It's going to host the A-10 women's tournament coming up here in March. And so get out and see Coach O'Boyle's Rams uh, play this year if you haven't yet because they're a lot of fun to watch. And just to confirm with all this craziness, we do not have an update on the health of um, Sean Bairstow. We do not know. The last that I've heard was at Ryan's press conference Monday morning, and they are hoping that he can. He needs to get in a full contact practice before he can play in a game. 
Um, they have opportunities to do that this week, and I think that they are hoping that he can get in a full contact practice this week ahead of the Temple game. My uh, my guess would be that there's a chance that he plays mm. Saturday. Um, I think they're trying to be cautious here and have him really ready to go come come a ten play. Um, but it sounds like they're trying to get him a full contact practice soon here. Obviously, everyone has seen that the boot is off and, and he's been standing around shoot around before games in the in the past couple of weeks. So he is very close. That's Zach Joaquin. Read his work online, richmond.com. Thanks a lot, dude. Adam, you're the best. Thanks for having me on. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, December 13th will go down, in my mind, for a long time as one of the craziest sports days here locally in a long time. We just were talking about the news that Joe Bamisil is eligible to play for VCU basketball over the next 14 days, given the judge said that they will make another ruling on December 27th. We threw it out there, 833-804-0910, or tweet us at 910thefan. Would you like to see Joe Bamisil play? And a few tweets coming in here. One says, I say we play him. Who knows if he'll want to play in the NCAA next year after this dumb situation. He might want to go overseas. Caleb tweets me, it's hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube. And that's kind of how I feel about this situation. I would play Joe Bam on Saturday against Temple. Joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline from CBS 6 here locally is Lane Casadante. What's going on, Lane? Well, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, it, just when you think the NCAA can't get, can't make you scratch your head at their decisions and their operations anymore, they pull something like this, which um, – I, and I know this isn't them. This is a judge uh, looking at the overall case and making a temporary ruling. Um, it bothers me that these kids have been kind of uh, left hanging in the breeze here, going back and forth like yo-yos, although uh, we had a chance to ask Coach Odom about Joe specifically on Monday. And Joe has been at every practice. He's obviously at every game. He has been a full member of the team uh, just not on game days. So um, while he may not be ready to just jump in and contribute 20, 25 minutes on Saturday, uh, if he remains eligible, he has practiced enough and is up on everything enough to contribute something uh, now that he is at least temporarily eligible. Yeah, Jeff Goodman, longtime college hoops reporter, uh, just tweeted that one high major coach told him the NCAA is a joke. It's insanity. We have no rules. We need to break away. It's a crazy ongoing situation with Joe. Uh, but you, you've you covered Joe for a long time as he is a local kid. I mean, can you speak about the impact you think he could make on the court if he was able to play? Well, I know he can score. He averaged uh, 28 points a game as a junior at Monacan. He has uh, filled up the basket wherever he goes. And, um, you know, BC, you never have enough shooters. Uh, and VCU um, kind of broke out of some of their shooting slump the other day against Alcorn State, uh, but they have struggled with shooting the ball, and Joe could absolutely help them in that regard. Um, you, you know, it's that's why he was part of the reason why uh, Odom wanted to bring him in in the first place, because the first thing you see about him is that he can provide offense. 
Lane Casadante with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So the other big news in the sports world today was the press conference and announcement that Ted Leonsis has a deal in place with Virginia and Alexandria to move the Wizards and the Capitals. Since then, Muriel Bowser has gone on a, a campaign in D.C. Uh, stating her passionate case for keeping the teams downtown. I mean, uh, what is your kind of personal opinion on, on this, Lane? Every time I hear Muriel Bowser's name, I immediately think of Mario's arch nemesis. And <laughs> I get away from that. Uh, and just that that image immediately pops into my head, which which does the woman no favors. But anyway, um, you know, I think this is a feather in the cap for Governor Yunkin, um, Virginia. Depending on, uh, I know uh, uh, Michael Phillips and I were texting about this this morning. Mm-hmm. The commanders have their headquarters in Virginia. But a lot of people don't consider that to be a Virginia team because they play their games in Maryland. Mm -hmm. So this would actually give Virginia their first two, if you view it in that lens, their first two professional sports teams that will still be called the Washington Wizards and the Washington Capitals, but they will play and be headquartered in Virginia. Um, And, you know, that's kind of a, a feather in the cap to the governor who probably sees the writing on the wall and has been in far more, you know, discussions about this than any of us have. I don't want to say it's a consolation prize, but this is probably going to be in lieu of the commanders actually building a stadium somewhere in Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we get this, um, and then D.C. is probably going to welcome a new commander stadium back at the old RFK site, which – I think a majority of people think is the best place for it to go anyway. What's frustrating about this whole announcement here to me is that Ted Leonsis said that Monumental is following the higher calling for sports franchises by doing the fans right and uniting the DMV. And he mentioned Richmond several times, saying Monumental's market starts in Richmond, goes past Baltimore to Delaware. With him mentioning Richmond, though, I have to ask... I haven't heard any news about the Wizards or Capitals coming to Richmond anytime soon. So it's kind of frustrating how he's mentioning Richmond being a part of Monumental. Well, I know the Capitals can't come here because uh, there is no ice facility that would be... No, but why don't why host. couldn't they come to River City Roll like the Redskins did, you know, and just host... Uh, oh, 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 I right? got you. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm thinking on the ice. Right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, and maybe this... Uh, well... Think about it. If you are a fan of either team, is uh, an arena in Alexandria, you know, more of a draw for you than going into D.C.? Um, for some people, it might be. Um, I don't know if it's more of a is this more of a detriment for people that live on the opposite side? Mm-hmm. Will they go the extra? I know as the crow flies, I think um, the Cap One Arena to Potomac Yard is maybe three miles. Um, but for someone in Maryland, maybe it would be, it might as well be 300 miles. Will they go the extra four or five metro stops to get down to a game in Alexandria? We are going to find out. Um, and, you know, on the other side, would this prompt more people from Norfolk and Richmond and the Virginia uh, area to go to a Capitals or a Wizards game because you're not crossing the river and going into downtown D.C. I mean, we'll put, they're banking on all of this, but it's a break, it's it's a big new shiny toy. Um, it's a feather in Governor Yunkin's cap and his administration, and Ted Leonsis gets a new playground. Yeah. So I think in that regard, everybody wins. 
we'll see if the fans eventually win uh, when this is all built and up and running. Yeah, and if Ted Leonsis wants to do this major move and make the Wizards and the Capitals Virginia's team, you know, I, I would like some kind of a commitment to all of the state of Virginia. You know, I mean, we're building this new green city. I'm sure they could host the Wizards or or, or the Capitals for an event or something like that. Or how about, you know, Richmond Good Life on social media points out, how about a generous regional television package? More of a commitment to the actual civilians in Virginia if we're trying to make it Virginia's team and not just, oh, it's, it's the Washington Wizards for D.C. We just play them in Alexandria. Well, and maybe you will see that down the road. This might be the first step in more of that, you know, Ted Leonsis taking more of a look at Virginia. Who mm-hmm. knows? Um, it, it kind of This is like a kind of a carrot and stick type thing. Leonsis puts it out there like, hey, maybe I'd be willing to move. You know, who wants to jump and, and see how far they can go? Maybe this maybe this leads to more VCU and, and uh, uh, Richmond games being on uh, monumental sports. Um, maybe this means more of a presence for the team when Green City, Green City should be up and running right about the same time as this Alexandria development. If everything stays on track, maybe we see uh, one or two teams come down here for exhibition games or for you know part of their training camp. Who knows? The Wizards used to have training camp over at the Siegel Center mm-hmm. for a few days. I know the, the structure of the NBA year is a little bit different now than it was then, but this could open up things for – both of those franchises to have more of a presence down here. Yeah, and the one thing that is really interesting that Bill Roth spoke on earlier today is the impact that this will have on Virginia Tech with their campus right there. Yeah, and and that is, I understand that's under construction as well. I mean, this is a a very ambitious project um, right next to uh, Reagan Airport, um, and it's, it's it's neat in the fact that, okay, Virginia finally has a couple of sports teams. They're still called Washington, though. Um, and, and this is going to be very, very similar to what Henrico is trying to do with Green City. So mm. everything that you heard today about Alexandria, that's what Henrico is trying to do on a little bit smaller scale with Green City. And hopefully we get to see both of those up and running sooner rather than later. Lane, great stuff, man. I appreciate it. Adam, thanks for having me. Have a great week. Yep, you're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. we got one final segment if you want to chime in. Love to open up the phone lines. 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Stubb, I kind of feel like Ted Leonsis will be known as the sports Grinch that took basketball away from the city. <laughs> Depends on who you ask is what it sounds like. I mean, like. I, I just know personally... It means a lot to me that the Washington Wizards play in D.C., and I know there's a lot of fans out there, diehard basketball fans, that do agree. We'll take your phone calls next on The Fan.